0: that very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and their own town of Nazareth. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this marvelous few verses of Scripture and for the truth and the wisdom that we find in it tonight. Move in power, God, I pray. Would you ask God to move in your life tonight? Come on, just ask the Lord to come and move in your life. Oh, than I, buy you I thank you for those that are assembled here, those that are online, those that will even listen to this message in days ahead. We give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever lost somebody in death? It's common. If you live long enough, you'll know somebody that dies. It's a universal experience. If you've lost somebody recently, I'd like to ask you candidly, how are you dealing with the grief of losing that person? Have you ever lost something dear to you? foreclosure on a home, maybe. That's real common in America right now. House fire. Gone through some tremendous loss. A failing of a business, maybe. Perhaps getting fired. Or laid off. Or the breaking of a relationship or divorce. Have there ever been a time when you felt useless? You felt like a waste of skin, and you just felt like you're just never going to amount to anything, and that you were thrown off to the side. Has anybody ever felt that way about any of those things? I want you to know tonight, if you look at point D on your notes, that we have a choice as to how to handle these things. You have a choice of how to handle them. What do you mean it's a choice? It's a choice. You, you can choose rightly or you can choose in a way that is not God's intention. I, I want to choose rightly when I go through things like this. How about you? At that prayer service last night with the, the second set of pastors that have been killed in this valley in four months, I believe four months, the Church of the Nazarene, Pastors got killed. Uh, now the church, uh, the Matanuska Sunday of God, pastors were killed. So said, "What do you think about that?" I think the devil's a bad devil. That's what I think. And um, I don't think anything other than that than to realize that God wants to turn it for good. He said, "Are you scared, pastor?" No, at all. Not at all. My confidence is in Him. So make you pray? Oh yeah. Yeah, it makes you pray. I want to talk to you about turning things around. Because if you never hear a message like this, this one's going to help you out. If you've been through or going through some things. You need to hear about how to turn it around. How everybody say I'm going to turn it around. It's amazing, really, that many times people they don't understand that they have a choice. So they just sort of let their mind go wherever they. Wherever it goes, so people end up blaming God. They blame God for for the death, or blame God for the thing that happened, the, the tragedy, the grief. They they blame the Lord, and they get angry. They shake their fist at heaven. They stop going to church. They blame God for the for the husband that abandoned them. Of the they blame God for the death. They blame God for for loss. Blame God for the house foreclosure. I don't know about you, but I will tell you that most things... You know, just before I almost ripped my finger out of joint, I, I, I will tell you that as I knew as I was on the way there that I was going to be invited to play in the in the Happy Hopper thing. And i had had a conversation. I, I, it might have been with my lovely wife or with Micah. I, I forget. But as I've gotten a little bit older... There's a wisdom that God is trying to give me. But I have this fallen human nature. I am, I've played sports my whole life. And, you know, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. I mean, that's just how I was raised. I, you know, I'm just not into losing. I'm never into losing. You know, I don't lose. I might have lost a game, but there's another game and you're going to lose that one. You know, I mean, that's just kind of the way it was for me. So we're just hardcore competitor. And and really, sometimes that can get over into the flesh. So now as I was going to Happy Hoppers, I thought to myself, be careful. Now that was the Lord. But when I got invited to whoop him, when I got invited to whoop Micah's booty, I should have just backed out. So now I could have got angry. God, how come you didn't protect me when I was racing a 20-year-old or 19 or however old. Are you? are you 18? How old are you? 21, whatever. It's all the same thing, pretty much. <laughs> God, God, I think I'm on to some revelation for myself here. This is amazing. Do you know the last time I did that in a church? I was, I was with some... Same type of situation. I used to be very fast. I could run. They, they called me, they thought they, they called me, I was like a Clydesdale, really ugly, big, but I could get it done, and I was pretty fast. I was pretty fast. So we had this race at this church picnic. I told them, I thought, I'll just smoke all of you all. And they're like, okay, Pastor, I, I pulled my hamstring, I pulled my quad. was oh, just finished the race, you know. Oh. It's the flesh, it's just the flesh. Now, you could get, get blaming God for the things that have gone wrong in your life, but the truth is maybe you made some decisions that weren't too smart. I mean, I used to blame the devil all the time. That devil, he just hates me. Yeah, meanwhile, like I said many times before, you've taken your finger and you're sticking it in, a, in an electric pencil sharpener. You're like, oh, God. Oh, God. God, why are you doing that to me, Lord? Oh, you're the one that's speeding yourself up, making foolish choices and poor decisions, hanging out with people that you should hang out with like you need a hole in the head. But there are things that happen, not because you did anything wrong, just because we live in a fallen world. I'm going to tell you, if something bad happens to you, it's not God's fault. Ever. Ever. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What causes us to blame and get a bitter spirit? What, what causes us to blame God, blame people, and get a bitter spirit? Let's look at this text. This is a fascinating text. In verse 36, there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineal. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. This woman, Anna, was a woman who experienced grief. A woman who experienced grief. She was only married seven years, according to the text, and then her husband died. So let's say, Jewish culture, she's probably 15 years old when she got married. make her 22 when she became a widow if you do the math so we don't know exactly how old is how old she is or how old she is here in the text could be that she's 84 or 106 it all depends on how you interpret it either way the text says she's very old so I guess if you're 84 between 84 and 106 the Bible says that you're very old the older I get the more I realize that older isn't that old at all But she didn't get bitter. She didn't get angry. She was a mighty woman of God. She was a mighty woman of God. Anna was, a very, was an old woman. And sometimes I would say that the elderly begin to see themselves often as useless. I'm very thankful that in this house we have a number of people that are uh, more mature than others. We have a multi-generational mix have some people that are that are in their eighties. They don't always come. Sometimes they're online. Sometimes they're just able to come when they can. But I'm thankful for people who are older. They have a great wealth of wisdom. Now I began to realize some insights as I was praying and, and taking a look at putting this together So insights from Anna's life on how to turn things from good how to turn things to good The first thing is understand that God wants to turn things for good in your life somebody say yes so you can have an understanding that that's what He wants to do. He doesn't want to beat you up. He doesn't want to inflict pain on you. He's not trying to give you some depression or disease or anxiety to teach you something. God is altogether lovely and He's good. So whatever goes on in your life, God's desire, God's intention is to take that thing and turn it for good. So you've got to settle that. You've got to realize that tonight. You might have been through some things, been through some grief, some tragedy because of the fallenness of man. Maybe because of your own poor decisions. Maybe somebody else's choices that affected you in your home. Whatever the case may be, you have to understand tonight, if you're going to turn things around, that that's what God wants to do. He wants to turn it for good. Everybody say He wants to turn it for good. Romans 8.28 You need to turn there right now Underline it in your Bible If you don't have your Bible That must mean that you memorized it Did anybody You memorize your Bible already? Praise the Lord If you memorized your Bible already If you would come at the end of service To lay hands on my wife and I That we might have that Tremendous gift of memorizing The entire canon of Scripture That would just be awesome for us We'd like that also I'm teasing you Come on, you need to bring your word It's important Romans 8.28 and we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love Him. Anybody love Him? In here? For those that love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Not see that expression, it's all good. It's all good, G. It's all good. It's all good, G. What's up? It's all good. No, it isn't. No, it isn't all good. Unless you're talking about the Word of God. The Word of God is all good. It is not all good. Life is is not all good. However, God will turn it all for good. According to that scripture. There's a God who has the power to turn things for good. A God who has the power to raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leper. God has the power to restore relationships, heal your heart, restore your mind. God has power to do everything. There's nothing He can't do. He's God. He took the the, the hem of creation, struck the anvil of time, as I've said, caught the sparks, threw them out, and those are the stars. He knows everyone by name. He knows every hair on your head. He knows when a sparrow falls in the forest. And He loves you. He cares for you. He makes a way out of no way. He brings streams in the desert. Mm -hmm. He's God. He can do it. He can turn it for good. two things here from Romans 8, 28. The two things are God can turn it for good if we put our focus on Him and we love Him. You see, you can turn your heart cold towards God. I've heard the world say, oh, it's all going to work out. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. In fact, the second somebody says that who doesn't know God, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a way to bring Jesus into that because their hope is it's all going to work out. The truth is if you don't love God, and you've not, you're not walking in His purposes, then you have no promise of it all turning for good. So when you go through difficulty, you go through a foreclosure of a home, a loss in a marriage, you go through divorce, you go through death, you go through being laid off, you go through losing some things, and through disappointment, you must not lose your focus in your love for God because that is the key to seeing things turn for good. And if you lose that, then you don't have the promise of it all turning for good. The second thing there out of Romans eight twenty eight is being used by Him and called by Him. Now, God calls everybody, just not everybody answers. God wants to use you. You love God and you allow Him to use you and He'll turn it for good. The second insight I want to bring to you from this text is found in verse 37. How how to turn things for good. It's draw near to God. Say it with me. Draw near to God. Verse 37. She was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. She didn't just stay dressed in black and never go to church again and Wonder why God tormented her with the death of her husband after being married seven years. She could have made a million excuses. She could have camped out on her bitterness and stayed there. And some of you have been through some very hard, difficult, and dark places in life. But you're here tonight. You said on a Tuesday night, I mean, you come in Tuesday night, you have got to be hungry to come on a Tuesday night. You think, it's not even Sunday. I had a funny thing happen today. I I was talking with somebody and they were saying, "Well, we're thinking about you know maybe we'd come up to your church." So we were going to this other church and and um, well, we we just what time is your service? I said it's at ten o'clock. They said, "Well, our service is basically an hour. Is your service an hour?" And I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Here we going to a mainline denominational church. They said, "So is your service an hour?" I said. <laughs> And then I said, sorry, no, no, it's it's not. And it was the wrong response, and I I, I, I repent. I think she giggled too. No, it's not an hour. You know, some people just go to church just so they could say they went to church so that they could have a little easing of the guilt and the difficulty they went through. At least they did their little thing and went. I'm not saying that's what she was doing. I'm just saying that is common in America. They go to a one-hour dry cleaning service, came in busted and leave disgusted, the same way they came in. There's no life, there's no truth, there's no impact, there's relatively little anointing. I mean, I, when I was raised in I was raised in the, in the Catholic Church for a while. Holy cow! I mean, you really had to try to get saved there. You had to really try to figure it out. I mean, I, yeah. You know, I mean, there's Catholic churches that are different, and I'm not knocking the Catholics. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be holding the Bible. St. Jerome, they locked him in a closet for like 50 years and he, he transcribed. The Bible wasn't for him and for many other scribes. You know, praise God. Preserve the Bible through the dark ages. you got to draw near to God. You're here tonight, you're drawn near to God. What did she do? She drew near to God. The greatest invitation in all of Scripture is found in the book of James. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you, says the book of James. Draw near to God. It's the greatest birthday party invitation you've ever had. God says, draw near to Him. Draw near to Him, He draws near to you. And that's what she did. You know, from my, from my limited viewpoint, we go through things, I will tell you what we do. We I start repenting for everything just in case I didn't get it before. I double check to make sure. I'm going over the fact that I didn't do my seatbelt until I was halfway down my road. I'm repenting for that. I'm repenting for I'm just you know my wife went into ICU. I'm searching God. Did we step Did we step out Did I do something I'm I'm taking a look Did we give foothold to the enemy somewhere I mean I'm repenting for bad bad attitude that I might have had or not treating her like the queen that she is and and you say well was it your fault that went to ICU? I don't think it was, no but it's good to ask the question and there have been times (laughs) you put your wife in ICU No, (laughs) there have been times when things have happened because look this wasn't the devil, this is me being stupid this is me at 45 years old Challenging a 21 year old kid I should have just 44 23, 23 whatever <laughs> Challenging Thanks dear yeah. She keeps me on the, on the beam here How old are you Brother Micah Very good 22 years old I am Double his age I'm 44 he's 22 Look if we were having a, a wrestling match, that, that still wouldn't be good. fist fight, maybe, but no. <laughs> the point is at my, look, I should not be doing that. It, it, it's just not good. It's not good. For me. I understand. I get injuries when I do stuff that I don't normally do. If I'm doing things regularly, my body's used to it, my joints like it. it works. If I go play basketball, I'm a 110 percent guy. I, I usually twist my ankle because I usually don't play basketball. It was my flesh that got this. I've repented for it. Some of you have ripped, ripped ligaments in the spirit tonight. And it was your own poor choice. Needless to say, this woman drew near to God. And the closer you draw to Him, the more you realize, the more you need it. When we go through difficult things in my house, we go after God. We had a day, a baby that died. Lived for about five minutes, ten minutes maybe. Tragic, it was tragic for us. It was very difficult. Carried full term. Baby was born. Daniel John was his name. He's in heaven now. And I will tell you that that ripped my heart out. It was very difficult. I could go on to tell the whole story, but it would take too much time. I will tell you this, because this is for somebody. Just take a couple minutes to share this with you. In the grief of losing that child, I went back to this the back corner of the room in the hospital. It was a C-section. My wife was recovering. I had our child in my hands, who was greatly deformed. His heartbeat was slowing down more and more and more and finally stopped. I'm in the room. I'm just me and God. I got on my knees and I began to cry. And I cried. And I cried. And I wailed. You know what wailing sounds like? Wailing is not like... No, wailing is a full-on... I I wailed. I I, I don't know how else to say it. I wasn't concerned about the room next door. I let it out, man. And I was crying and wailing before God. And there came a moment when the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Son, let me, let me comfort you. But there was this sick part of me. I don't know how else to describe it, but call it that. There was a fractured part of me that liked the, that liked the, the pain and the sorrow and didn't really want comfort like a stubborn child. And instead of letting the Lord, some of you, if you could hear me now, when the next wind of hell blows on your life, you remember this story. You say, what do you mean the next? I'm not prophesying destruction over you. I would speak blessing. But I'm going to tell you that we live in a world where things happen, there's a bad devil, and we don't understand it all. I promise you that pastor and his wife didn't plan on getting hit by an SUV in Arizona. And so here we are. was a moment when God wanted to wrap his loving arms around me and hold me like he did many many times before in my life but I would not let him I began to just cry louder and then I began to hear it was the voice of the enemy and this is what I heard if God really loved you he would have done that miracle for you because you know that God can do all things even almost sounded like God and I thought and I just began to cry I sort of pushed it out of my mind a little bit But then it came again What kind of pastor are you? You're under a curse Those curses weren't really broken off of you Because if they were really broken off of you You wouldn't have a dead baby in your hands right now Oh man, I'm telling you He's brutal The devil's brutal The devil knows just how to just how to get you and twist it Just knows knows exact. been doing it for millennium He knows how to hurt you You just got to get on the shield of faith I put my shield of faith I put my shield of faith down And I thank God for the men and women That stepped up and put their shields over me I will tell you in this moment That everything went dark in that room I didn't hear God's voice anymore And I began to hear Hurling accusations against God From my my own voice The voice of the enemy It was an overwhelming onslaught I thank God I had people praying for me because in that moment, I can't tell you what it was within me, but something rose up and I just said, No! And I lifted my voice. I said, Jesus! And I will tell you, like a column of fire came down in that hospital room, decimated all other voices, and the fire of heaven came on me and my dead child, who stayed dead, but I got up off of that floor and I realized that I was here for a purpose and I did not understand why my child would be do- would be now in heaven. I got off of that floor and faith filled my heart and God comforted me and He held me like a son. And I cried in the comfort of God as opposed to cried on my own away from Him. I called on His name. There comes a point in your grief Where you comes a point in your loss, comes a point in your life when you go through things that you have to make a choice to shift that and begin to call on His name. You can't stay in a place of grief. Listen, I'm gonna talk to some of you dream fellas. I've been in your shoes. I got kicked out of my dream center. They kicked me out. Wasn't such a dream. Some of you are rehearsing over and over and over. How could you be here at this age? You know, how could you be doing this? You should You would be here, and what? You, you know, over and over the regret and the and the anxiety and the, and the asking the questions why and the rehearsing of the things that went on and stop. Choose life today. When I see it, when I see people who, who aren't worshiping God with all their heart, I know they've been bound by something. I looked. I'm just looked out. You can tell people going through things who are going after God or who are stuck. Some of you stuck tonight. I just stood in the back and watched. Folded arms, sitting down, head down to the floor, rehearsing and nursing all of your pain. Quit rehearsing and nursing your stuff. You can't do anything about what you did yesterday, but you can do everything about the rest of your life right now. You need to big and lift your hands and offer up a sacrifice of praise. would say, draw near to God. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I'm trying to offend the, the thing in you that, that caused you just to stay in your seat and stay busted all your life. You got to stand up. We got to quit blaming people, blaming God, blaming ourselves. Poor me, poor me. You know the rest. Poor me a drink. You ever heard that? Oh, me, me. Suck it up Get some healing Grief and loss come Don't get bitter Get better Don't get angry Get hungry For God Go after Him Never lose hope Look at C Never lose hope Hey I love you guys You know that? I'm just saying it. Because that's how I roll. Alright. Everybody say, never lose hope. hope. Verse 38. Coming up to them at that altar, pardon me, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child and all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. There was a group of people who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Hope. Hope. They had hope that God was going to send a deliverer, and God did. He promised that he would, and he did. Don't ever lose hope. Hope's a real thing. And if there's a God who exists, how many of you believe there's a God who exists? If there's a God who exists and there's always hope, people, there's always hope. It's never over till it, it, it's never over till the trumpet sound or you're in glory. If the devil didn't leave yet, you ain't done resisting. Resist the devil, he will flee. If he's still around? Well, the job ain't done yet. You know, don't have a 50 cent Christianity. You know, a 50 cent Christianity is, I prayed and God, God didn't do nothing for me. You've got you to gotta persevere. You've got to draw near. You've got you to go after God. He'll allow things. <laughs> Men and women of God are made in the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no other way to make a man of God. There is no other way to make a woman of God. Fire, F. I. R. E. Fire. And when it comes, you already you asked for it. Come on, how many of you prayed those prayers that you realize it might have been a little bit stupid, but it really is in the will of God? All right. Come on, I'm singing songs. I'd be singing songs. I first got saved. Refiners fire. fire, My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy for you, my master, ready to do your will. Right? Refiners fire. Do you know what you're singing? Do you have any concept of what you're asking Him to do? You're asking Him to come with His fire, set you on fire, melt you down, the dross, all the stuff that that shouldn't be in your life, that He doesn't want in your life, all that rises to the top, and then He skims that. You know what that's like? Owie! So then the fire comes, and you're like, Oh, God! Stop! Stop! Look, if you're being pruned tonight, it's a sign that you're bearing forth fruit. Prune me. No, no. I'm good. want to be more like you, Jesus. Well, guess what? All the rest of you's got to go. So how do you think that's going to happen? You know, you are the potter. I am the clay mold me and make me in your own special way. Yeah. I don't like that too much. Let's try that again. Yeah, that's you. You're the clay. He pulls you up, throws you back on the wheel. Makes you don't like that part, so he just shaves off that, takes off a couple lumps. That hurts. Wow. Talking about how to turn things around for God, how to turn things around in God, how to do that. Never lose hope. They had the hope of the Messiah. Don't ever lose hope in God coming through for you. Ever. Because if He hasn't come through yet, it must not be time yet. God is always on time. He ain't never late. And He sure in heaven is never early. He's never late, but He sure ain't early. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? And if you're there and it's like the midnight hour and it still didn't come through, it must not be, must not be the midnight hour for heaven. It's just your midnight hour. Just start singing, Refiner's fire. Yeah. Alright, look at C. Choose to be used by God. Now this is fascinating to me that this lady chose to live the way that she did. She chose to be used by God The first description of Anna here in the text Is that she was a prophetess Now you say, well what's the big deal about that? The big deal is that The word of the Lord there Was, was silent basically for 400 years And here she is Luke 2 being called a prophetess She never would have been used by like that If she allowed herself to get bitter Over her husband dying You allow yourself to get bitter and you don't draw near to God Then God can can only use you And maybe in limited ways She never would have been Prophesying over over the Messiah And seeing her hope fulfilled The redemption of Israel Had she not been fasting Had she not been praying Had she not been faithful to be in the temple Or to be in church She wouldn't have been a prophetess If she hadn't sought the Lord The very activity caused in turning for good is seeking Him. You're not here by accident, people. You chose to come tonight to hear the message that I'm preaching to you. It's not an accident. God knows you, He knows you by name. He knows you're rising up, but He knows you're setting down. He knows your pain. He knows what you've been through. He knows your shortcomings, your failures. He knows your strengths, weaknesses. He knows you. He knows your frame. He knows what you can handle. See, what some of you don't realize is the pain and the difficulty that you're now in, if you'll allow it to have its full work in you, will cause you to become somebody who can bring the kingdom to a greater degree than you would have if you hadn't been through the difficulty. So that you can comfort other people You know we went to Molokai after the death of our our child We got to that island It was like everybody had a baby that died And man could we minister to them before that I would have just wept and you know done my best And that's a good thing But when somebody told me that they lost a baby Man I knew what it was like to lose a baby And I could pray with authority And I could pray differently Scripture talks about that The suffering that you're going through now Will be used to bring comfort to others What saddens me is people go through difficult times and they throw their hands up in the air and they say, well, whatever. The reality is if you draw near to God, He'll He'll turn it all for good. And all of a sudden, those dark marks and those nights of terror, perhaps, or loneliness and grief, you turn to God and God will take those things orchestrate Him on the canvas of life and make you into a beautiful demonstration of His grace. So that when people look at you and what you've been through, they look at what you've been through and the fact that you're able to overcome and now serve God and give Him glory and walk in wholeness. They say there must be a God. My father before he ever gave his life to Jesus he would counsel people, he's a lawyer, he would counsel these people that came in with hardcore drug problems that had been through all kinds of rehabs and nothing worked. And he would say this to him. He said, well, Lord, can I just tell you something? He'd say, yes. He said, well, my son was just like you. He asked Jesus into his life and, and God changed his life. Why don't you try that? He wasn't even saved. He just said, you know, he, he tried Jesus. It worked. Why don't you give that a shot? That's a good testimony. Come on, somebody say God can turn it all around. Let let God use you in the midst of it. There's always somebody in worse shape than you and I. There's somebody in worse shape. There's somebody tonight across the valley holding a pistol in their hand as I speak, thinking about pulling the trigger. I bind suicide tonight in Jesus' name. It's a spirit. There's somebody who, who's in worse shape than you. There's people in a wheelchair for the love of God. Quit belly aching and murmuring and complaining about how much God hasn't done for you. Start thanking him for the good things and move forward into all that he has for you. And God will turn it for good. See things from God's perspective. Look at I'm almost done. Micah, would you come, please? See things from God's perspective. There were other babies that were in the temple. There were other people that were in the temple. Anna saw Jesus. God can give you a perspective of heaven, and you need it. You know, your perception will affect you profoundly, will affect your faith, the way that you perceive things. I've ministered in mental hospitals from the inside. And I will tell you that everybody there that I met all had a distorted view on who God was. everyone That's my personal experience. They all had a distorted view on who God was. The perception of Nazareth was that this is just a carpenter boy. This is just a carpenter who who came here. Uh, well, he sure speaks good, and there's some pretty cool miracles. But this isn't this isn't this baby Jesus? Didn't we change your shorts when you were three? They had their perception. They were offended at him. They 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 perceived not as perceived him not as the King of Kings. Not as the Lord of Lords, not as the maker and the creator of all of heaven and earth. The one who can raise the dead and heal the sick. They didn't perceive the King of Kings had come to Nazareth. They perceived little baby Jesus with the diaper came to Nazareth. And couldn't conceive, couldn't perceive in their mind that he was anything bigger than that. And as a result, it says that Jesus could do no mighty miracles there because of that. Your perception greatly determines on whether God can turn the thing that you're in right now for good or you can wallow in it until you begin to change things. God is good. That's His character. He doesn't know how to do anything else. He's a good God. He's a great God. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's my God. He's my God and my God is good. He's my Savior. He's my Redeemer. He is my Healer. He is, oh, He's a strong tower and He's a son and shield. He's my righteousness. He's the shepherd and the bishop of our soul. He's the lily of the valley. Chief among ten thousand. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And He's good all the time. And all the time, God is He loves you. He cares for you. you through the valley of the shadow of death. But if you get in your mind that He's against you, if you begin to set your heart against Him and stop believing and lose hope, then you will not see the situation you're in turn. God tonight wants to turn it for you. Shift your perspective. Change the way you view things. Begin to see it from from heaven's viewpoint. This is just a moment, just a blip. Not even it's one little grain on the sands of eternity, this life that you're in. And one day it'll be over. Understand and settle it tonight. Decide tonight. Get enough scripture in your heart to know that God doesn't is not a child abuser. He loves you. He cares for you. He longs to wrap his arms around you. He longs to come you. He longs to give you hope, strength, faith. He longs to heal you. He longs to satisfy your desires. So delight yourself in the Lord. Seek Him while He may be found and watch and see. He will turn you. All for good. I think God has been speaking to us tonight. I know He's talking to me. Choose to let God things to let God turn things for good in your life. Choose it. Make a choice. Purpose in your heart God's going to turn it for good There were times in my life I'd wake up in the morning not even wanting to breathe Because of the pain that was in my heart And I would just say Oh God, oh God, oh God I know you're good, turn it for good, turn it for good God Turn it for good And I'd just wake up and try to make it another hour Thank Him for my cup of French roast Even when I didn't have any sugar to put in it I still thank Him before I knew it, I had sugar and cream. And I'd fast and I'd pray. Some of you need to fast and pray. Some of you need to learn a lifestyle of fasting and praying. Notice that she did this. I didn't make the message all focus on that, but it's all part of seeking God. If you've never fasted and prayed and you're going through some hard things that won't turn loose... You're going through a hard time. You're facing some things and obstacles that won't turn loose. You fast and you pray and you seek God, and I will tell you now that thing will turn loose and it will turn for good. And many times it's you're the one that does the changing. You're the your own answer to your own prayer. The last point for tonight is be a model for others to follow, won't you? There are other people than besides you, you selfish thing. I ain't looking at anybody. I'll I'll, I'll preach over here. Just worried about your own life and your own stuff. there's people watching you and you 've named the name of Jesus, and you say that you 're a believer, but when the wind of darkness blows, you crumble, you fail, and you go back to the crutch, you go back to the drugs, you go back to the illicit lifestyle, you go back to alcohol, go back to those things i 'm going to tell you, if you 'll just go after God like it used to go after all that other stuff, you will see Him come, and there'll be people who watch you, you 're modeling what it is to be a believer. The way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you tipped that waitress on Mother's Day or zipped her, however you did it. The way that you drive. The way that you treat your wife. The way that you respect and honor your husband, the way that you talk about your church. Mm, yeah. People are watching you. Don't be a flake. I'm not going to be a flake. I'm going to go all the way. You mean, is there suffering? Yes. But He'll bring you through. God trusted the Apostle Paul. My last point It's not on your notes. God trusted the Apostle Paul to be on a vessel. I think it's called Andromeda. In the book of Acts, with, I have to go look, but I think it's 276 souls or something like that on board. Hundreds of men on board. The boat's going to sink, okay, but he had this relationship with God. He's on his way to Rome. He had a prophetic word from God. An angel of the Lord came and stood by him and told him that none of the people would be lost. But there was a condition. Everybody's got to stay on the boat so he comes out and people are trying to escape the, 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 the Roman soldiers are trying to get off on lifeboats, and he says hold the phone everybody the angel of the Lord stood next to me stood by me last night and said all of the souls will be spared but everybody must stay on board they stayed on board Every, they, not one person was lost the boat was totally smashed to pieces and some got to shore on planks and pieces of the boat but everybody lived God put one man, the Apostle Paul, on a boat so that 270 something I'm paraphrasing because I haven't looked at the text just recently 270 something souls would have gone down to Davy Jones' locker but he trusted the Apostle Paul who believed that God was good and could turn it around, had a prophetic word, was the was the pillar on that boat. Everybody believed Him and they all got to shore. Do you think that God can trust you enough to go through the things that you're going through so that people who are watching you, who are wondering whether God is really good, see how you turn out and they say, you know something, I'm going to believe in a God like that. Though they've lost their baby, though they've lost their home, though they've lost their marriage, though they've been trodden on, beat down and abused, they're rising up in a new faith, rising up in a determination, seeking God. I want to serve a God like that. I want to serve a God like that. There are people that are watching you and you are the only Jesus some people will ever see. Stand up on your feet, won't you? Get, put your hands together and say, God's going to turn it for good. Come on, say, God's going to turn it for good. Say it again. God's going to turn it for good. Say it like you mean it. God's going to turn it for good. One more for good. Did you get something tonight? Jesus. We draw near tonight. Come on, just draw near to God. Draw near to Him. Mm-hmm. Come on to me. Come on to me. Oh, you who are weary, I will give you rest for your soul. Come unto me, oh, you who are weary. Come unto me, oh, you who are weary. Come unto me, all you who are weary. Come unto me, all you who are weary. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your soul. Come unto me, all you who are weary. Come unto me, all you who are weary. Come unto me, all you who are weary. I'll give you rest, says the Lord. Come unto me, all you who are weary. Come unto me, all you who are weary. Come unto me, all you who are weary. I'll give you rest, I'll give you rest. Yes, come unto me, all you who are weary. Come unto me, all you who are weary. Come unto me. I'll give you rest. If you're going through a hard time and you're believing that God's going to turn it for good, get out from where you are in your pew. Come to the front and begin to have a prayer meeting right now. Draw near to Him. Draw near to Him. Seek Him. Call on His name. He can turn it around. He can change it. Some of you are going to be used by God tonight to be like a lightning rod. That if you will cry out for another, then God will begin to move in that situation. You could be the one who's desperate and draws near to, to God for somebody else. You are the model. People are watching you. Call on His name. Jesus. 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 you Jews alike and we stand here tonight and we know that you are good and we know that your intention is to call all things to work together for the good for those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, that is us. We're called and Lord, we're living for you. We're loving you, obeying your word. And God, I ask tonight, That you would cause a turning of the tide. That you would cause a turning of events. Supernaturally overturn the assignment of the enemy and turn it for good. Break off weariness. Release encouragement and strength in the Holy Ghost tonight. Jesus. He's a healer, 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 he's a healer. He's a healer, he's a healer, he's a healer, he's a healer, he's a healer. He's a healer, he's a healer, he's a healer, he's a healer, healer, he's a 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 healer. Yes, he is. He's a healer, He's a healer, He's a healer, He's a healer, He's a healer. Jesus, He's a healer. Come on. lives just come into agreement with what he's doing the hand of the lord jesus jesus Despair I would not have known the height of his joy. If I'd not known the depths of grief and despair and hopelessness in my own personal life, I would not have understood or known the profound joy and hope and strength that He releases to all who turn upon His lovely face and call on His name. The situation you're in is not meant to destroy you. The situation you're in is meant to have a turnaround to give Him praise. And there are times when it looks like the cards are stacked against you and I think God allows it so that He gets the greater glory when it's all done. In other words, that's impossible how that happened. Jesus. Because <laughs> some of you knew, some, some of y'all, people know what you came out of, what you were like. So when they see you now, they just got to go, my God, there must be a God. Come on, I'm not the only one. I know that. I hope you got something from God. Don't ever forget it. God is good. He'll turn it for good. Amen. Would you take someone by the hand tonight? Release your fire upon each and every one. Burn off the dross. purify our hearts through these difficulties. May we never lose hope. May we be like Anna, not lost in grief, but seeking You, fasting, praying, set aside our life, Lord, unto You, dedicated unto You, making church a regular part of our life, like breathing air, reaching to others, a a life of prayer, ongoing, unceasing. May you use us in the midst of our difficulties and trials. May you use us to touch others, to minister to others. We never lose hope. May our perception always be that you are good. As Job said, though you slay me, I'll yet serve you. Now, we know that you're not slaying anybody, God. The devil comes to steal and kill and we make mistakes and there's a fallen world and a demonic onslaught. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, I decree not one more pastor to die in this valley, no more accidental deaths, supernatural protection over every single church. I command the assignment of the enemy over this valley. Oh, this it's targeted pastors and leaders. I command you, break your hold now off of Ed Callan, off of my life, off of our wives, our families, off of Northgate, off of Church on the Rock, off of the Presbyterian Church, the Catholic Church. Lord, the entire body... Of Christ off of the word of life, church, I decree and proclaim life, protection, and blessing in the name of Jesus. No more accidents, not on our watch. In the name of Jesus, we we agree that we will pray for the shepherds over this valley, God, and over this state, that not on our watch, where there'll be another accident like that. In the name, of no, nobody gonna die prematurely. In Jesus' name, I pray and declare. And all of God's people in agreement said, yeah. "Amen." Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We'll hope to see you Sunday. Don't miss Sunday morning, ten o'clock. Friday night at Wasilo Assembly of God, a prayer meeting. Don't want to. Don't want to miss that. Worship team practice at. 4 p.m. worship practice on Saturday. If you want to be in the worship team, want to be a part of that, you can come and practice and try out if you like. See Micah for an application. We love you. We bless you. Children's ministry people, we do need your help. You can talk to my wife after service or sign up on uh, on Sunday. Amen. Bless you. Praise the Lord.